Arizona, Arizona Sports. Sports, the local the sports, local leader. sports leader. leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, yeah. brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. And away we go with the top stories of the day here at the turn on the Burns and Gambo show. We get halfway through the show, we hit the reset button, get you caught up on everything going on. We're going to start with the NFL trade deadline day, 1 o'clock this afternoon. It was 3 hours ago, and it was a busy day. Ten different trades around the league that went down today, and we'll talk about a couple of them in a moment. The Cardinals, though, without making a trade, did add a new face. Linebacker Camus Gruget-Hill signing with the Arizona Cardinals, according to a source that's being reported by Adam Schefter. Gruget-Hill led the Texans with 108 tackles, 13 tackles for loss in 2021. He had started all six games for them this year, had requested his release last week. He signs with the Cardinals. Looks like he was falling out of favor a little bit. Snap count was going down. He didn't play a whole lot in one of those games. Decides to ask for his release. Gets it, and the Cardinals pick him up. Yep, we'll see what kind of role he plays. There's been some speculation. Maybe he replaces Nick Vigil, who was starting to look a little, was reading Revenge of the Birds, looking a little slow, perhaps, against the Vikings. Maybe another option at inside linebacker as part of their rotation. The actual trades that went down, and the big one that went down today, Bradley Chubb, outside linebacker, goes to the Miami Dolphins. Chubb and a 2025 fifth to the Dolphins for a first, a fourth, and running back Chase Edmonds. Yeah, what I'll tell you is the Cardinals are never really in on Bradley Chubb, and the main reason why is because the amount of money that he would have had to be paid because as a free agent after this year. His agent is Eric Burkhart, the same agent for Cliff Kingsbury and Kyla Murray, so the Cardinals knew exactly what it was going to take to get Bradley Chubb re-signed. I didn't think they wanted to go down that path. It's crazy to think about it. All three first-rounders, the Dolphins got back in the deal with the 49ers, Trey Lance, a couple years ago. They ended up trading all three of them when it was all said and done. They got Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. Those are the players that resulted in the three first-round picks they got from San Francisco. Miami, in a totally separate deal, dealt with San Francisco again. They acquired 49ers running back Jeff Wilson for a fifth-round pick. Running back Naheem Hines headed to Buffalo. Colts are going to get Zach Moss and a sixth-rounder in exchange for him. Wide receiver Calvin Ridley traded from Atlanta to Jacksonville today. The Falcons get a conditional fifth-round pick and a fourth-round pick as well in that trade. And then maybe the biggest, second-biggest one of the day, the Vikings at a strong tight end getting Detroit's TJ Hawkinson, adding him at tight end for a 2023 fourth-round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2024. Cardinals stay quiet, just didn't make any moves. They were never really close to anything. They decide to uh, sit this one out. They, they did work the phones a little bit, but in the end, there wasn't anything enticing enough for them to make a deal. Suns are back in action tonight, facing off against the new-look Minnesota Timberwolves. That includes the dual-center lineup of Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Campaign on just how rare this team is that they're playing tonight. It's about too big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably about six years ago, like when it was traditional NBA. Uh, haven't, haven't, haven't seen two bigs like this in a minute. Probably when I was at OKC, when it was Steven Adams, Serge Ibaka. Like, like when those, they were on my team and uh, we had two bigs like that. Uh, it's, it's definitely a different dynamic, especially how the league's been going. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, tonight. Hakeem Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson with the Rockets. That was the Twin Tower. That was the original Twin Towers. But yeah, no DeAndre 
beaten tonight. So this will be a chore. We're still waiting to hear on Tory Craig, right. who's questionable for the game tonight. Tip off is at seven o'clock. You'll hear Al McCoy on the call right here on the Arizona Sports app at ninety-eight seven. Brooklyn is in chaos. They fired head coach Steve Nash, and according to multiple reports, they plan on hiring former Celtics coach Ime Udoka to be their next head coach. Yeah, part ways with Steve Nash. He's uh, he sent out a letter. Thank you, Brooklyn. A very heartfelt thanks to a, a bunch of people for giving him an opportunity. He was never a head coach before. Ninety-four and sixty-seven record as the Nets head coach since two thousand twenty. He is out of a job now. Former ASU head coach Herm Edwards is not out of a job anymore. He's headed back to ESPN as a college football and NFL analyst six weeks after he was let go. Did he take a train to Bristol? I, I, he must have. Did he take a train? Get on the train. It's headed All to Bristol. To, yep. This is what Herm's good at. I mean, he's great. ESPN said they'd always keep a seat open for him, and now he's back and said he's excited to work at the place, and um, he's always been a great analyst. He was a NFL head coach for eight seasons, knows the league really, really well, so uh, Herm, everybody liked watching Herm on TV. That's kind of where he belongs right now. Speaking of ASU, John Wilner, our favorite Pac-12 insider from the San Jose Mercury News, did his latest Pac-12 bowl projections. No way. He's got ASU in a bowl game. Wow. It's going to require ASU to win three of their last four games, and he thinks one of the three will be an upset of the UCLA Bruins this Saturday. He thinks they take down the Bruins and then have to win only two of their last three to get a bowl He's on that train. I guess so. The Bourget. Bourget train. Yeah, I guess so. They played so well against a bad Colorado team, but uh, Trenton Bourget was terrific. Uh, Jalen Conyers, the tight end, had a great game, and they had a terrific offensive performance with Sean Aguano calling the place. Yep. Uh, The initial playoff rankings, the first top 25 for the... today, right? They're coming out right now, as a matter of fact. I thought it was at 5 o'clock. I was mistaken. It's at 4. We'll tell you who the top 6 teams are when they're revealed. Right now, we're looking at 11 Two through schools 15. Right there. Yep. UCLA at 12. Utah at number 14. And Wilner thinks that ASU upsets the number 12 team in the country. That's what he thinks. Woo. Gold Glove winners were announced today. Congratulations to Christian Walker. Yes. Took home his first Gold Glove today. Absolutely deserved. It was a def- terrific defensive first baseman. Then had a great year with all those home runs. And he's, uh, he's under control for two more years. Yep, he is. Game 3 of the World Series Let's tonight. Go. The Astros and the Phillies, Lance McCullers and Ranger Suarez, the matchup. The Phillies have not lost at home this year. So yeah, McCullers and Suarez and Philly at home. I'm sure they're pumped about that game after the rain delay. The postponement from the rain uh, probably benefits both teams. Probably no one, no real advantage for either team with the postponement. Rest for both of the bullpens there. Yes. The Coyotes back at home tonight. Mullet Arena in Tempe taking on the floor to Panthers. Puck drops for that one at 7 o'clock on the Arizona Sports app at ESPN Yeah, looking for that first home win. I was at the Mullet Arena for the game on Friday. Lost to the Winnipeg Jets in overtime. They lost to the Rangers by a goal. They played close games, but they have not been able to get that first win at their new arena. One other MLB note. Pedro Grifol expected to be the new manager of the Chicago White Sox. The final managerial opening to get filled this offseason. Yeah, he had been on the staff of the Kansas City Royals for a long time. um, And he ends up getting that White Sox job with Tony Larusa being out now in, in Chicago. The Arizona Wildcats men's basketball transfer guard Courtney Ramey will be suspended three games for playing in the Portsmouth Invitational. This yeah. according to his father. He told CBS 
Motorsports. It's not an NCAA certified event. That's why his participation yielded a suspension. It's an invitational known for lesser known prospects trying to improve their draft well, stock. It's, uh, and you look at that schedule, those first three against Nichols, Southern University, and Utah Tech. I mean, that tough is... Tough punishment, boy. They really man, came man. down on Courtney Ramey hard. They could, they could take him out of lineup, put you in it, and they're still going to win those three games. <laughs> I think you overestimate my abilities to play you on just, basketball. You don't have to do for. anything. You I don't just have stand to do there. Just stand there yeah, and be a decoy. Yeah. They want you to foul somebody, foul somebody. It's, it's possible. The top six teams about to be revealed in the initial college football playoffs. We'll bring that to you at some point. When we come back... It was a frenzy as the NFL trade deadline approached. The Arizona Cardinals chose not to participate. What does that say about them? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, live from the Oxygen Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It was plenty busy around the NFL today. Deal after deal after deal. Normally, the NFL trade deadline, to be perfectly honest, is kind of a waste of time. <laughs> Not a lot usually happens, yeah. right? Well, not a lot happened here. This year, a lot happened, but not a lot happened here. The Arizona Cardinals were neither buy. I mean, I guess technically they were buyers with Robbie Anderson. They got Robbie Anderson a week ago, right? I mean, just because they made a deal that wasn't on deadline day doesn't mean they didn't make a deal. They made a deal a week and a half ago to get Robbie Anderson, Um, but they didn't make a deal Today, they stand pat. What does that tell us about the state of the team and how they view the team moving well, forward? I think that they were in a tough position, right? Because, you know, for, for us, we could sit there and say buyers or sellers. But I think for them, it was more of, we don't really know if we're a buyer. We don't really know if we're a seller. If we traded a J.J. Watt or we traded James Conner or somebody, you're basically throwing in the white towel and saying, we don't believe that this team is capable of going 6-3 and three down the stretch. That's what they would be saying. They may believe that they could go six and three. I may not believe it. You may not believe it. But they're at three and five. They didn't feel like they wanted to throw in the white flag. But they also didn't want to give up a whole bunch of inventory to go get some rental players, you know, with the belief that, you know, at three and five, it might be hard for them to get to the playoffs and, you know, giving up, uh, you know, draft pick compensation to try to go for it this year for some of these guys who are on the last year of their deal just wasn't worth it for them. Yeah. And, and uh, well, look, some teams decided they were out of it. Some teams decided they were ready to be sellers, all right? The Lions, we're not any good this year. Let's sell. Right. But they've got one win. The Broncos, we're not any good this year. Let's sell. Yeah. Let's get Bradley Chill. Let's get get a first-round pick back because we lost all of them in the Russell Wilson trade. That's what they do it every year. Last year, Von Miller. This year, Bradley Chubb. Yep. Steelers, we're no good. Let's trade. But they traded with the Bears, who were no good either. That was interesting. Uh, interesting they, they, trade. And the Bears are the team that can say, we're really no good. Let's get rid of Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. And those are teams that you can at least argue right. are in similar situations with the Arizona Cardinals. Those teams had the willingness to acknowledge, we're not very good this year. Let's trade an asset and get an asset back. The Cardinals weren't ready to do it. And quite frankly, given what the next three games are on the schedule, now you might not think they're going to do very well in those three games. I might not think they're going to do very well in those three games. But the Cardinals probably felt like, you know what, we at least have to see how we do in those three games before we make any decision. I I mean, they're three divisional games. You're three divisional rivals back to back to back. Yeah, so you can understand why they just felt like, hey, we don't want to send anybody out. 
We want to see if we can win this game and win the next one. If you win two out of three, you're in it. Right? You're in it. You win two out of three, you give yourself a chance. Because you pick up a game, and you're right, you know, one game under 500 with six, uh, at that point, they would be six to play. And then you want to go four. If they, if they win two out of their next three, there'd be six games left. Uh-huh. And then if they can go four and two, well, now you're talking about nine wins and, and probably and maybe a shot sneaking, at getting into it. Probably yeah. sneaking. Yeah, so it, they don't. It, and so I don't know. Again, we can all look at the Cardinals and say, yeah, they're just not that good. And I don't think they're that good. I don't think you think they're that good. But they weren't in the mood to go waving white flags around when they had these three big games coming up. So they neither were buyers or sellers. What today. was your favorite trade today? My favorite trade? Yeah. What, was your, what do you think the best trade was? Um, it's the Vikings one for me. Okay. Tell I me why. TJ Hawkinson's a good tight end. And with Minnesota's Irv Smith going down, you know, he had a, he's got a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for a while. He suffered that in a game against the Cardinals. You know, getting a guy of that caliber, TJ Hawkinson's a really solid tight end. You know, and to make a division trade, right? A trade within a division. That's weird. So I, I think that's a terrific trade for the Vikings. They get themselves a top notch tight end. He can catch the ball. He can block. That's a good move for a team that's, you know, in a go for it. Go for it now mode. Yeah, and it's very. It really calls to mind what the Cardinals did a year ago to me when they lost Max Williams and they went out and got Zach Ertz. The, the Vikings lose Irv Smith, and now they've got to go out and make a move at tight end because they're having a go for it kind of year. So they go for it. The fact that the Lions be willing to trade within the division, they get the draft picks back for it. I think the one I'm the most intrigued by, honestly, I don't know if it's my favorite, but the one that probably caught my attention more than anything was Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars. Just just because there are. So many, he's suspended for the year because he's gambling on the NFL, right? So he's not going to play. He won't be reinstated until the earliest February 15th of next year. Okay. The picks that the Jags gave up are all conditional and all tied up. And if this, then that, if that, then this. I'm fascinated <laughs> right. to see, did they just get a number one wide receiver type? Because you 27 years old. You look at his numbers two years ago. Yeah, he was legit number one receiver type stuff out there. If they got that for what they gave up, they got him on the cheap. Yeah, so the pick could be a fifth rounder. It could be a fourth rounder. It could be a third rounder. But he's got to reach a lot of incentives to do that. It could even become a second rounder if he's signed to an extension. So if they end up keeping him and extend it, then it's a, it could be a second, third, fourth, fifth. So you have no idea what you're getting. But for the Jaguars, they just kind of say, you know, it's probably worth it for us to go ahead and do it. The last player suspended for gambling was a Cardinals player, by the way, not too long ago. 2019, a guy named Josh Shaw was suspended after the NFL learned he had bet on league games while he was on injured reserve for the Cardinals. Forgotten all about that. Yes. Yeah. I was the last player suspended. He did not so, get traded for multiple draft picks. No. Yeah. No. The Claypool trade was interesting with the Bears because he's a he was a second round pick by Pittsburgh. He's had a pretty good career in two years. Um yeah, you know, had a great year as a rookie. He's a big wide receiver, really big wide receiver. So he gives Justin Fields a a, a top target to throw to, um, and it's just a, that was a strange trade because you know I don't think really the Bears are really in it, but they're probably looking at that for the future. I, I think they were looking at, from what I understand, they had the two second round picks, yes, right? The on Smith trade, and so they used one of them to get a player that they now have under control for a year and a half versus just a half a year, and it seems like that was the main motive. 
motivation to do it, right? Give Justin Fields this young target to throw to and a guy who's not a free agent a year from now but still has a year and a half left on his deal. Of course, the big deal was the Bradley Chubb trade. That was the big one, yep. And and the, the thing about that that really strikes me is that is that okay here's Miami you get three first round picks from the 49ers in the Trey Lance deal a couple of years ago you have now spun all of those picks that you got into players who are helping you now one of them you used to go get Jalen Waddle one of them you used to go get Tyreek Hill one of them you've now used to go get Bradley Chubb you now don't have a first round pick next year you lost years because of the whole Stephen Ross tampering thing right so you you're allocating those first round picks to guys who are going to help you. Now, Waddle was a move up in the draft, but Hill and and Chubb certainly are helping you now, guys. They're going for it, Miami. They feel like with Tua as their quarterback, they're in a position to go for it, and and they're going for it. Yeah, Tua doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's done a good job. Like, he's really managed. Uh, and those two wide receivers are having, like, the year that those two guys are having, like, those two wide receivers, Hill and Waddle. Historic. Historic. The numbers they're I mean, it's up. better than Duper Clayton when Marino was there. For those people who remember, you know, Marino with Duper and Clayton, like, these are great numbers that these guys are picking up. And Chase Edmonds, former Cardinal, was actually in that deal. Chase Edmonds, who signed that a pretty good deal with Miami, and up going to the Broncos was not really doing that much for the for the Dolphins this year. No, he has not been a good signing for them at all. The Bills, one of the favorites to win it all, they get Naheem Hines from the Colts. I think that's a pretty good move for and them. And there's a reason why they wanted a they wanted a a pass catching you know uh, guy you know out of the backfield, somebody that they felt can catch the ball a little bit more. So that's why they ended up getting him. Yeah, it all told, the notable tra- players traded in the last couple of days, and, and honestly. I think the one that might be the most impactful when it's all said and done is the one that was moved a few days ago in Christian McCaffrey. That wasn't a deadline yeah, deal. Made impact this week for sure. That made a huge impact. Bradley Chubb, TJ Hawkinson, Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, Chase Claypool, James Robinson, forgot about that one. Kadarius Toney going to the Chiefs, forgot about that one. Calvin Ridley, Jeff Wilson, Christian McCaffrey. In a way, though, the one that is the most interesting is the one that didn't happen. Reportedly, the L.A. Rams... Screw them picks, hmm. say the L.A. Rams. Reportedly, they offered a 2024 and 2025 first-round pick to the Carolina Panthers for Brian Burns, and they were told no. Yeah, I don't blame Carolina, right? They got the haul for McCaffrey. You, you, you want to try to rebuild quick. You got to have a great guy, a great pass rusher. You got to have somebody that can do the stuff that Burns does. And at his age, like for them, it was just like, we don't want to give him up. If we're going to try to rebuild in the next couple of years, he's a guy that we want to have as a part of our team. Young pass rushers, I tell you, which is why if I were the Cardinals, I still think I would have wanted to get in on the Bradley Chubb deal. You're going to have to find one and pay one eventually. That's yes. a premier position in this league. And premier players don't come cheap at positions like that. He's going to ask for about, I don't know if he's going to get it, but I'm expecting Chubb's going to ask for about $30 million a year from what I was told today. The going price for premier pass rushers in this league. Brian Burns is going to get something similar to that. I'll tell you that right now. Text the word DEVILS to 620-620 for your chance to win VIP field and tailgate passes to see ASU take on the Oregon State Beavers courtesy of Bar S. Again, that's DEVILS to 620-620. The Minnesota Timberwolves coming in town tonight take on the Suns. They were an early season favorite following the trade for Rudy Gobert. They, like a lot of teams in the West, are off to a slow start. Why? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Irritating.
Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Show's flying by on this Tuesday afternoon here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Got Suns basketball coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll talk about tonight's opponent, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Certainly one of the more compelling teams this past offseason with sure. everything that they did. They're going to play them twice in the next, uh, what, week, 10 days? Uh, week, 10 days, yeah. yeah. They'll yeah. be back up there. I Let's think go. playing them like a week from right now. Uh, it's 4.30. we got a couple of poll questions to update you on, including the inevitable Kevin Durant one that we're going to roll out there, given everything going on in Brooklyn. Let's update everybody on our Twitter poll questions of the day. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, you've got the floor. What you got for us? Let's start off with the Cardinals before getting to that KD talk. The NFL trade deadline has passed and the Arizona Cardinals are who they are. So sitting at three and five with nine games remaining, how many will they win? You've got three options, zero to three wins, four to five wins and six plus wins. I think it's. I think three or four is really realistic, and that's why we split them up. That's yeah, why we split them <laughs> because everybody would say three to four. I got zero to three. I think it's going to be three. I think it's going to be three. If you had given me the option of three to four, I would have taken I'll, that. I'll, ta- I'll take four. I'll take four. With the wins. difference fifty two point nine percent rolling with zero to three in second place. Four to five wins at thirty eight point one percent, and nine percent of people are happy and think they're going to win six of their next nine. But transitioning over to the Suns, the Nets are plummeting. The Suns are thriving. So we must ask again: Would you still trade Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and multiple first round picks for Kevin Durant? You've got yes. You've got no because the twins slash team looks too good now. I like this one. And you've got no because you never wanted to trade that many assets. I'm going to retweet this one. I like this one. Um, I'm a no right now. I'm a no. A no because you never wanted to do it or have you changed your no, mind? No, I wanted to do it. But here's a, my reasoning is simply, you know, Kawhi may not be right this year. The Golden State Warriors may not be able to repeat. The Suns are off to a great start. They're going to trade Jay for something. They've still got that exception to use. I get to hold on to all my draft picks and use them for when Chris Paul's not here to go get a player to team with Buck. I don't want to do it now. Yeah, I, I don't want to do it. it. It's it's a sound argument. Look, for the record, I, I I would want to try to make the deal without trading both of the twins, right? So that that's, but I won't quibble on that one because I think you might be able to get Kevin Durant for a little less if things really do blow up in Brooklyn, but in the spirit of the question and the way I answered it when we brought it up, yes, I would still make the deal because I think inevitably the Clippers and the Warriors are going to get better as the season wears on and you're going to have to get better to keep up with them, so I would yeah. still do it. I think the poll question's wrong because they would never give up Mikhail and Cam, so I think you, it would have to be, would you give up one of the two and multiple first rounders? <laughs> there's not an edit button on Twitter yeah. because there's, there was never a chance that they would give up both of those guys. But in the Never. But in the spirit of the way we had the question, I'll still answer yes, even though I do. I wouldn't give up both of the twins. I'd give up one of the twins. I wouldn't give up both. What's the What's the audience say? Forty two point nine percent are going with option number three. Never wanted to trade that many assets for Kevin Durant. In second place is option number one at twenty nine point five percent, saying yes, do it. And in third place, a close one, twenty seven point six percent is no because they've looked too good so far. So you add up the nose, and it's pretty overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, to Gambo's point.
point. And I, I you know, I understand the question, you know, because the, the, that's the package we've been talking about all summer. I do wonder if it would be a different response if it weren't both of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, but uh, it's, it's no big deal because it's, I still, more than anything, I was just curious to see what the appetite of people was with the news coming out of Brooklyn today. You know, Steve Nash fired, Yudoka in, Kevin Durant, what does it mean for him? And it's a, just been a f- mess so far in Brooklyn. All right, those are the poll questions. You can find them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo, one word on Twitter is where you can find it. So the Timberwolves are in town tonight. And like I said, uh, of all the teams and all the off seasons, the Minnesota Timberwolves and what they did with that Rudy Gobert trade really shook the NBA to its core because they gave I, up so much yeah. to go get him. Right? I can't wait to see what the Jazz are going to do with those four picks in the 2040s. <laughs> you know, what they're going to do. No, it was... Well, it wait, was, the Jazz are going to win the championship this year, right? They might win it this year. There's only two six, teams with six yeah. wins in the NBA, and they're one of them, for goodness sake. So picture Danny Ainge sitting courtside like, what did I do? I didn't want to I be was just trying good. to tank. I didn't want to get all these wins. This is terrible. Yeah, the Jazz, to, to give up Rudy Gobert, the Jazz got Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, who was a first-round pick in 22, Jared Vanderbilt, and they gave up first-round picks in 23, 25, 27, 29, with a pick swap in 26. It was a haul. I mean, it was a haul for the for the Timberwolves to get Rudy Gobert. Now, I think they'll get better as the season goes on, and not off to a great start, but their defense is sixth in the NBA. He gives them that rim protection. What I want to see tonight is, you know, you brought up some information this week about how much the Suns are attacking the rim, how much they're getting baskets inside of five feet. Hey, good luck doing that against Rudy Gobert. Yeah. He doesn't allow that. So that should be fun. The Suns, who've had a lot of success attacking the basket against Rudy Gobert, who doesn't usually let teams attack the basket. I want to change the conversation, though, a little bit to a guy who was already there in Minnesota, and that's D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Because with all the changes that have happened there in Minnesota, it, it does seem as if they're kind of struggling to adapt to this new look that they're going, that maybe D'Angelo Russell is the one struggling with it the most. And that probably shouldn't surprise us, but it does seem as if adapting for him has been a real challenge so far this year. Yeah, remember all the talk about the Suns and D'Lo, or the Suns going to get D'Lo, or the Suns going to get D'Lo, they were never in on D'Angelo Russell, and I don't think they felt in many ways that he was like the right fit, the right type of guy for them. Now, he is a free agent at the end of this year. You know, he went to, you know, he was so good for the Nets that he went to Golden State, and then he got into Minnesota, and he got to be with his boy, Carl Anthony Towns, and it was always this thought that maybe they would all play together, but you know, he's had some struggles. He's a guy that, you know, isn't what they want him to be as the facilitator, the pass first guy. He still wants to score and especially in crunch time to be that guy that's taken all the shots. And then you look, he's a free agent after this season. Now Gobert's under contract and Cat's under contract and Anthony Edwards is under contract and Jaden McDaniels. All those guys are under long-term deals. Yeah. So what would they do with D'Angelo Russell if this thing doesn't work out? You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I just thought of this now. Maybe this comp's been used before. Isn't he kind of the poor man's Russell Westbrook? In a, oh, I can I can see in a that. Certain reg- I mean, yeah. just in terms of, hey, dude, that's not what this team needs you to be, right? This team doesn't need another high volume scorer who's got to have the ball in his hands. This, they've got LeBron, they've got Anthony Davis. We need you to facilitate it. It feels like D'Angelo now on that team has become sort of a poor man's Russell Westbrook in that 
Look, they've got Anthony Edwards. They've got Carl Anthony Towns. Now they've got Rudy Gobert. There are too many mouths to feed, and we need you to facilitate more nah. than Eddie does. He loves to shoot, and and it does. That is one of the unintended consequences of going out and getting a guy like Rudy Gobert. Not that he's an offensive, you know, force by any stretch of the imagination, but he is another mouth to feed on that team, and it does require some sacrifice. And Russell, kind of like Russell Westbrook, doesn't strike me as the kind of guy willing to make that sacrifice. No, as a matter of fact, it cost him last year. You know, that final playoff game, the elimination game against Memphis, he was on the bench. Jordan McLaughlin was playing those crunch time I minutes. I remember that now, yeah. You with D'Angelo Russell on the bench. So, But listen, he, he is a dynamic scorer. He just takes so many shots. He wants to be the guy. And sometimes he is, and he's the hero, and sometimes he's not. But I don't know if he's really what they want. You, you get to the point, like with the Suns, like, you know, you've got all these other guys that can score. We need you to do something else, so you're willing to sacrifice that part of your game. And we don't, you know, we haven't seen it the D'Angelo Russell is. And that's probably a reason why he's the one guy that's not on the contract with them, because they just don't know. They don't know, they don't know if they yeah. want to keep him or not. Probably. Uh, honestly, the talk about him coming here seems like such so much has happened since then. I don't I know you think about it a lot. Because you got inundated by huh. people asking you about it, right? I don't really think about it that much. Not anymore. anymore. You know, it just there's no. so much that's happened to the Suns since then. There's so much that's happened to Devin Booker. I mean, part of it, part of the lure of D'Angelo Russell was all about keeping D Book happy, making sure D Book wanted to stay, right? Making sure Book was going to have his guys around him. That doesn't seem right. That that doesn't that and feel Russell like was a co- good with the Nets. Like he was good. He was. He was. But the idea of needing to keep D-Book happy feels outdated. Do you remember when Booker was on the boat and he was wearing like one of those guys' jerseys? Oh, yeah. Was Everybody it, was freaked it, out. Was it Russell or Cat? He was wearing one of those guys' jerseys. Was it Russell? Russell? It was Russell. Well, yeah, yeah, or, uh, right. Oh, my Russell. God. He's going to leave. He's going to go play with the Angels. And at that point, yeah, the Suns were winning 20 games every year. It's like, that, okay, I get it. I get why people think that way. Doesn't that feel it, like forever ago? Oh, yeah. That feels, I mean, it's just, yeah. it feels like... A different that feels like a different Devin Booker. That feels like a different Phoenix Suns organization. You know, oh God, we gotta keep Devin Booker happy. He's gonna leave. He's gonna leave. He's gonna leave. But it was Cat too. It was should the Suns get Cat? Remember, remember that should they trade DeAndre Ayton for Carl Anthony Towns? I remember that. That yeah. was a legitimate conversation as well yeah, for a while. I do. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo, as it turns out, it isn't just the offense that can't get the plays called on time. Right, That's coming up, Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Just as you predicted, Mark. Set it up in case they didn't get it. You see how good they are. Three out of four on four. Prior to the snap. Charge timeout. Arizona. They're second. It will be 30 seconds. This is uh, Fox Sports, Chris Myers, and um, who's calling? Schlereth. That's right. You're Schlereth. Schlereth and Chris Myers. Uh, they yeah. were calling the game. That voice you heard yelling in the background was Isaiah Simmons, who was, we, we've spent so much time, so much time, 
talking about the offense's inability to get the play in on time, to functionally run, to functionally operate, right? In a timely manner where everything runs smoothly. Man, as we saw, it wasn't just the offense that struggled with that a little bit. The defense had to burn a timeout because on that fourth and one early in the game, when the Vikings were going to go for it, the Cardinals had to burn their second timeout of the first quarter to make sure they were on the same page for that fourth and one, and Simmons was losing his mind. Yeah, it was was great. I can't imagine there's another team in the NFL that has the problems the Arizona Cardinals do with getting plays in. I can't even imagine. We don't watch every other team, but I mean, week by week, it's the same thing. I mean, you struggle, you're going to get a delay of game, you take a timeout, you waste it. You know, ideally, you would like to save your timeouts, if you can be, for the end of the game, so that way, if you need them, they're there for you to stop the clock, get the ball back, that type of thing. Uh, but the Cardinals burn their timeouts like it's going out of style. It's incredible. And But yeah, that one was interesting, because we always put it so much on the offense, and it was Isaiah Simmons getting pissed off, because they couldn't get the call in for the defense. Yeah, I know Cliff Kingsbury spoke a lot yesterday. And to answer your question, by the way, I look, I, I we watch a lot of NFL football. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I watch every single game beginning to end. I can't imagine there's another team offensively that struggles with it the way the Cardinals do. I just, I can't imagine such a team exists, right? I mean, the Cardinals, okay, defensively, what happened with Isaiah Simmons, it's going to happen, all right? It, it, not often, and it hasn't happened often with the Cardinals, so I can't speak to that. Offensively, I can't imagine there's another team. And this is the thing with the Cardinals. And, and whether you want to blame Kyler for the offensive problems, you want to blame Cliff for the offensive problems, the truth of the matter is that this has been your head coach quarterback combo for three and a half years. It should be getting better. It's getting worse. It should be growing and improving and becoming an even finer tuned like a operation. Right. I mean, it should just be, hey, just I know him. Nature. He knows me. We're practically reading each other's minds out there. Yeah. And what are we getting? We're getting delay of game calls and we're getting penalties to avoid delay of game calls. We're getting quarterbacks yelling at coaches. We're getting coaches yelling at quarterbacks. We're the whole operation, all of it, offensively between quarterback and coach, whoever you want to blame, has gone straight backwards. Straight backwards. And and, and that maybe is the most maddening yeah. part about all of this if you're a Cardinal fan. Go back to the Amendola miss where Kyler slides a yard short and they think they got a first down. Cliff thinks he's got a first down. Now I get it. Like you know, then you know, they, you know, you you want to spike it quickly. You're trying to save time. Things You're, are happening fast. Are, but, blah blah blah. But like that, you gotta you gotta know that. Like you do have to know that. You know, Cliff thought they had the first down. Kylo thought they had the first down. Guess what? You didn't have the first down. You didn't have the first down. So you know that changes. It changes like when you when you're not sure. Look, I mean, I, I get it, right? Cliff in college and in the, he likes to play fast and not huddle up and do all of these things. And but you would think for a guy that plays so fast that he would be quick at getting the play calls in. Like you'd be quicker at it when you go in no huddle and you're playing so quickly. But that's okay. That's the essence of what I'm pissed off about. They've had. Three and a half years to practice this style of football. It's not like they're just now trying to do this. It's not like Cliff Kingsbury in week three of the season woke up and you know what? I changed my mind. Let's let's play let's play fast. Let's go out there. Let's go quick tempo and no huddle and let's play fast. This has been your preferred method of offense for three and a half years, right? I mean that's that's the part about it that is maddening because this is not new. This they're not reinventing their own wheel. This is 
is exactly what they set out to do when they drafted Kyler Murray and when they hired Cliff Kingsbury. An up-tempo, fast-paced type offense that was go, go, go. How can it be after three and a half years you're still so bad at it that you've got to burn a bunch of timeouts because you're going to have delay of games? Kyler's got a wristband on now, like a lot of other quarterbacks do. He's got the wristband. <laughs> In fact, there Tell was... me the play. I'll, I'll look it up on the wristband. He's got I, one. I had to laugh because there's a picture. So there's a story on our website at ArizonaSports.com about the, the struggles with the play clock, right? Yeah. And the picture that goes along with the story, it's the best. It's Kyler getting sacked, and as he's going down... The wristband that he's wearing with the plays, it's flapping open, you know, and he almost like to say, hey, look, see, there's that thing around his wrist and that's not helping either. You know, like it like it highlights the fact that he's wearing this thing on his wrist and that's not doing but anything you get to help. To talk, um, you know, for a certain amount of time and then it cuts off, right? It cuts off at 15 the, seconds, 15. I think it's 16 seconds, but right around there, it cuts off and then you can't talk anymore. But that's still plenty of time. Like you've got 20 seconds plus to be able to talk to your quarterback and get get the right play in. Look, the bottom line is if you don't have to play in by there, just call a screen pass because that's all you guys do anyway. Just like, hey, listen, if you don't have to play call in, I'm throwing a screen. <laughs> Run. Rondell Moore is over I there. Do. He's standing right over there. Just throw it to, listen, throw it to number Cliff four. Th- hey, listen, by set, but if Cliff doesn't have a play in by 18 seconds, we've got a screen to Rondell Moore. That's our go-to. You'll run 10 screens again to Rondell Moore. If you're not because that's what they, they run so many screens. It is mind-boggling. You're right that the same. It's not like a new system that the no. same coaching quarterback, same coach, same quarterback, same not philosophy, on the same page same, with that. Same. I understand they're trying to. Cliff said yesterday they're trying to huddle a little bit more because they've got new offensive linemen. Same coach, same quarterback, same philosophy. That hasn't changed, and yet the whole operation has been gummed up like that. I mean, they've got to practice the next, next preseason. They've got to play everybody three quarters of every game. This can like this. This has been terrible. The lack of discipline, not knowing balls being snapped. Like I don't care. I don't care if you're adding. You, you've got to. You got to practice a lot to make sure this stuff doesn't happen. So in the midst of all of this, yeah, November 9th, hard knocks. Here we go in season. Arizona Cardinals. We got the uh, we got the preview on that. Uh, Do we have that? Mitch is, Mitch is gonna. They 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 drop the first preview. It's very. I watched it today. There's not a okay. ton of like audio in it. But there's some, so when Mitch pulls that up, we'll play it. Um, do we want? Of course, we want it. But do we really want to know what's going on behind the scenes back there? Are we going to be like this has become must-watch television now? If you're a Cardinals fan, because what you're hoping yeah. is that this will explain why this has become such a disaster, right? Why this has become such a problem? Not just the play calling, all of it. What in if general? You, what if you? What if you see more guys screaming at Cliff? <laughs> What if you see more than just a one, one or two times? Maybe it's Kyler Murray and him getting into it all the time. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I can. Like, the, now the team does have some editorial control over what's presented. You don't they, get to they see do. everything. Okay. I believe you don't get to see everything. But the goal is to try to make it as real as possible. Mitch, you got the uh, audio in this bad board for me. Can you play it for me. That's who we got. Oh, okay, I thought yeah. Uh, Mitch is just not. Mitch is. Mitch is. So worried about the Broncos having a first-round pick right now. <laughs> so far behind. Have a chance. Going for two. Snap to Kyler. Looking right. Looking. Pointing. Still holding the ball. Like it's street ball in the backyard. Runs right to the 10. Cuts left to the 5. He's going to score. Right 
That's hyping them up. Anybody know? Novich? That hype know. up song. That was yeah, pretty good. I, I, I don't recognize it. It feels like a remix of the Ready or Not by uh, the Fugees, I believe. Oh, is that what it is? I think that that sample, Fugees? at least. Okay. Well, I gotta find that was a, that was a cool little hype up song, right? You there. know what? Maloney uses it a bunch. I'll have to ask her. Okay. That same song? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There it is. We'll find out. We'll see how it looks. I'm. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm nervous what it's going to tell me. They've got editorial, you know. They have some. I mean, but not all. It's not like I mean, it's not like they control every. I I think it's been a while since I've I had to know this, but I I think they have some control over. Maybe like three timeouts. They get three. You have three things you can ask, (laughs) and that's it. Challenge flags. (laughs) Challenge. Michael throwing a challenge flag. Yeah, I'm going to use my challenge flags on that. I don't want you to show that. I I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone to see that. When we come back, this is a new look Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves team in town tonight. Just how new is it? We'll talk about that coming up here on the Burns and Gambo Show.